Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and with me today I have Terry Saleh. Hey, Terry. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I am well. I am well enjoying this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Not looking forward to work tomorrow, I tell you that much. I could use another two days just kind of relaxing. Did you get a chance to hit the beach this weekend? I didn't. I tried, but I didn't make it. You know, it was just too busy, too busy. My cousin was in town from Atlanta, and um, I kind of hung out with her, and I got up late this morning because we were out last night, you know, partying, having a good time. So I got up late today and um, just had errands to run and move around and get some stuff done. So no beach this weekend. Yeah, you know, Thursday was my birthday, so Friday we hung out and uh, went out to dinner with some friends and then uh, hung out at the MGM Hotel, which is a new hotel here in Maryland. And um, it's a homecoming weekend, so lots of homecomings going on this weekend. I see lots oh, of friends. Oh, that's right. It is homecoming. Uh, like a lot of the HBCUs have homecomings this weekend, so lots of parties and things going on in D.C. for Howard Homecoming and Hampton and Selman and Morehouse. There's a lot of homecomings going on. So it's not, it's parties for all ages, right? Homecoming in, includes the alumni. They come back and they take um, part in the festivities and all of oh, that. Oh, yeah, sure. and you'll see everybody from new graduates all the way to 70s. Everybody's there. It's one big party. That's nice. That's nice. That's a nice way to do it. Well, as I went one through this week, you know, I'm sorry? One big love fest. Hey, that's what it's all about, right? That's what we talk about yep. every week. So it's yep. all about love. You know, as I was um, going through this week, I came across a few topics as I, you know, scroll through my, my, uh, my pages on social media. There seems to be a lot of talk out there about relationships and what kind of relationships people have and, you know, your past relationships and are you carrying over from your past into your future. So I kind of want to talk about relationships um, today just because there seems to be a lot going on in different kinds of relationships. You have married, single. I mean, even though you're single, you're still kind of in a relationship with yourself, I, I, I believe, you know, trying to grow and be a better person. and um, you know, you have your ex relationships. There's people that are or have children together. There's a lot of different stuff um, going on. Did do you hear talk about that too, Terry? Or, or people don't really talk about relationships much in the circles. Oh yeah, I mean, I have lots of friends that are single. Yeah, relationships we talk about almost every week. You know, whether it's you know, some friends at church that are talking about their relationships, or whether it's married friends and what's going on with their relationships. I have a couple of friends who are um, married later in life, and then, you know, when you marry later in life, there's different challenges than when you married when you were in your 20s. So, yeah, always something to talk about when it comes to relationships. It seems to be like everybody's looking for one these days. Everybody wants to be in a relationship. You know, I talk to the young kids at my job, and, you know, they're like dating, trying to figure it out. And the ones that are in relationships, they're trying to make them better. So that, I don't know, I have hope. I have hope that things are going to get better these days. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, you're never too old. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're in your 70s and your 80s, you're looking for just somebody to spend time with. You're just looking for that person that 
you know, can give you some good feelings. And I think everybody, young and old, is just looking for that person just to have good conversation, good food, good, you know, whatever it is, good times, just that one special person that can be in your life. Why does it seem so difficult? As you know, I am not in a relationship right now, and it just seems that it is so difficult to get to that place. You know, I don't know why it's so difficult these days, but, you know, I meet people. It's not like I don't meet people because I do. I meet people all the time. But when, we, um, when we're trying to get there, it just seems to fade. You know, I don't think anybody is willing to put in, in the work that's necessary. We like the ADD culture. I don't know. It feels like it's kind of hard to focus. There's just so many things going on. I kind of, I've been married a while, so I I don't know what would happen if I were not married and had to be on the dating scene now. I would think it would be hard because I think a lot of people are just not focused. They have so many options, so many ways to keep them preoccupied. Um, yeah, I think it is harder these days. I, I definitely think it's hard. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I met a young man who, well, he's not really so young. You know, I just met a nice guy. And, and we were out. We went to a lovely restaurant, and um, we were having dinner and everything. And it was nice. We had a great conversation. We talked. He was seen mature. He's the traveling chef, and everything was wonderful. And then... Um, there just was no chemistry, you know, and neither one of us were willing to even attempt a second date to see if we could find chemistry. We were just like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, there's no chemistry. All right, you're done, you're done, I'm done, I'm done too. Let's move <laughs> on. So <laughs> it's that kind of thing that's going on. But um, this week I wanted to bring in a relationship coach to kind of give us some some insight of what's going on. So I, I, I met this lady on Facebook. Her name is Danny. Let me just give you a little bit about her. Um, Danny is a professionally certified relationship coach, a graduate of University of Miami, excuse me, coaching program with a background in psychology and a concentration in women's studies. Um, she's done amazing things. Danny is a true, she's a recipient of a prestigious 30 under 30 award from Legacy Magazine for her work with several nonprofit agencies, including but not limited to the Lodge, the Safe Haven for Domestic Violence, Victims, and Girls Power. So she's busy. She's out there. She's talking to people. She knows what she's talking about. So I have Danny on with us today. Hey, Danny, you there? Hey, I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful introduction. Thank- I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we were trying to understand um, this week what some of the dynamics or difficulties that people are having in relationships? As you go around coaching different people, um, do you see a common thread that's going on? That's always a, a, a funny question. In certain places, I do see common threads, but I, I guess the biggest thing that I see going on, especially with relationships nowadays that I'm, I really got to talk about, is that there are so many different voices saying what you should be doing, who you should be, how you should show up in a relationship, how you should show up for others, and not enough voices talking about you, how you feel about yourself, what you want, what you're willing to contribute, how you show up in a relationship. So you think people are more concerned about what others think and what society is preaching is this is the norm or the normal kind of relationship or this is how relationships should go versus doing what works for them? 
Yeah, this is this is what this is what you should be getting in a relationship. This is should this is when you win, you should be in a relationship. That's a big one. This is how you should show up in your relationship. This is what you should be talking about and what you should be experiencing and and there are so many different voices about when it comes to relationships about the should, the should, the should, as opposed to taking a step back and really understanding yourself, um, understanding your wants and needs, understanding who you are fundamentally as a person, and then understanding, okay, uh, this is what I want. This is how I'm able to show up. This is um, what I'm willing to do. And this is these are the types of relationships that I want to have. Okay, so so let's take a person like me, you know, and I'm sure there's a million other women out there that you're mm-hmm. not in a relationship. You've been in one before. You're married. You have children. Your children are grown, and now you're thinking more about yourself, and 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 you feel like you've done the work, and now mm-hmm. you're ready. So so how do you come to a date or or a gentleman who's checking for you, and lay mm-hmm. all of this out on the table without sounding too aggressive or just too anxious straight out? How how does that work? You know. I think it happens naturally. I I, I don't think. I know it happens naturally. It happens organically and it happens authentically. I think when you're really uh, living that, you know, I understand myself. Um, I'm in a place where I know what I want and this is what I want. It's not really something that needs to be laid out in black and white because that's when it kind of comes off as being, um, you know, too domineering or too aggressive, you know, just casual conversations like how do you see yourself in five years or what do you enjoy doing most or what are things that are most important to you? Those are questions that you should be kind of asking each other to get to know each other well. And when you answer your five-year question or your 10-year or your three-year or even your two-month question, um, those things are going to come out. Well, you know, I'm, I'm into travel right now. Um, I'm I'm in a place in my life where I'm able to focus more on myself, so I'm really digging into things that I like. I want to learn a new, a new language. I want to dedicate my time to an, a shelter. I want to whatever it is that it is that you want to do, those things should be coming up organically in the conversation as opposed to feeling that you need to come with a very direct approach in terms like or aggressive approach in terms mm-hmm. of what it is. And and that's when I recommend you asking questions like, well, in two months, if you got a check for a million dollars, or in two months, if you are living the same life that you are, what do you see yourself doing? What is one thing that you really want to get done in, in the next two months so that you can get to know your partner and express yourself as well? Okay, that's good stuff. That's good stuff because I find a lot of women that I talk to, they have a list. And they whip out this list and they start, you know, reading from the list, this is what I'm looking for, this is what I have, this is what I want, blah, 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 blah. And then it just Mm -hmm. turns that whole dating experience into an interview of sorts. Yep, a job interview. That's exactly what it is. And the worst thing is the job interview you're not even paying for, so you can't even discuss salary. Or sometimes you can, depending on what type of relationship you're going for and what's on your list. But um, it does it does become a job interview. It becomes um, some of that that you know human tactileness kind of gets lost in those types of uh, types of conversations. Do I feel that you should have key things that you are looking for that are essential in your partner? Absolutely. Do I feel that um, you should try to have really um, 
great conversations early on so that you're not wasting each other's time? Absolutely. Do I think that you should come on your first date with a, a written double-spaced 12-point font list of what you're looking for? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's a little much, right? That's a little much. That's a bit much, even for me, and I'm a very poignant person. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a single relationship. Now you're looking at marriages, or, or not even, let's not even jump right into marriage. So now you've determined that, okay, this is the guy for you, this is the girl for you, and you've been dating six, seven, eight, nine months. You know, are you still having the same kind of conversation, still feeling people out? You know, how does it translate in if I needed a coach? What would you be directing me to do at this stage of my relationship? Are we measuring whether it's time to take it to the next level or it's mm-hmm. time for us to go out separate ways? Mm-hmm. At this point, at, at, at about nine months to a year, depends on what you want. If you desire marriage, if you'd like to be married within a few years, then I would definitely be telling you to look within yourself and asking yourself, how are you showing up in this relationship? What type of partner, how do you want your partner to show up? Mm-hmm. And is the t- the way that you want your partner to show up matching up to how you yourself are showing up in this relationship? That would be my first question. And that's something that a lot of people don't, don't ask that a lot of people don't think about. But right, the right. reality is is that relationships, um, especially our intimate ones, and I talk about every type of relationship, from friendships to business relationships to, of course, couples, is that you have to really understand more importantly how more importantly than how that person's showing up, how are you showing up for both yourself and your partner? Are you mm-hmm. honestly being the best version of yourself in this relationship? Is this the best version of you? Are you doing what it is that you want to do? Are you on the You know, we hear that, Jenny, we hear that a lot, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that it sounds sort of cliche, the best version of you. You know, what does someone mean when they're saying that? And how do you know you're at your best? You know, if I think I'm my best, but maybe it's not, how do I know? How do I define what is my best? When you release the words like should, judgment words, when when you talk about yourself and you're not judging yourself, you're not using words of judgment like could or have to or should. When you talk about yourself in definitive terms, whether it's what you're working on or where you are, that's when you know you're starting to plug into the best version of yourself. And it does sound cliche. It does. I, I'm not even going to lie. It does sound cliche. But there's a lot of truth and weight to it as well. So, when you are in a place where there isn't any judgment, that's my final statement, that's when you know you are at the best version of yourself. It has nothing to do with what you've gained or what you have or how much money you have. It's being in a okay. place free of judgment. Where you're not so critical of yourself and standing in the mirror and, you know, not happy with anything that you see and just totally critical, then you're not in your best place because you should like what you see. You should accept and appreciate what you see. Not only just like you should, I go even as far as saying love. When yeah, it's no longer too. what I should be, oh God, I know I should be doing this. No, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it, and I'm okay with that. That's the best version of yourself. Okay. All right. So you're nine months in. Let's get back to that. You're nine months in, okay. and you need to know if you're presenting the best person to the relationship. What other topics would you be looking to talk about at that stage? There is one question that I ask, and it is it, it embodies all the other questions. 
would you start a business with this person? Interesting. Would you start a business? And why do you ask that? Why do you ask that? Because when you start a business with someone, or when you're even considering starting a business, so many things go into it. Their communication style, their ability to communicate with you and you with them. Trust. Do you trust them? Do they trust you? Um, Growth. Do you see yourself growing with them? Do you see them growing with you? So many things fall into that question. And it really helps us kind of cut out all the extra guff and fat of talking about trust and honesty, communication, all of those things go into business. And you'll see the truth about how you really feel about a person if you ask yourself, would you go into business with a person? How many of your friends have started ventures or people that you know may have started ventures and someone says, oh, I see so-and-so is doing this. What do you feel about that? You're asking like, yes, go ahead, go for it. They're, they're great. I know they're doing amazing things. Or, well, uh, they're great people, but I wouldn't because of X, Y, and Z. Right, it's an right, honest right. question. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's a really upfront question, and not a lot of people ask it. But the great, the best question I think is, would I start a business? And if it's yes, and it's a wholehearted yes, I would say move forward. Okay. If no. Okay. Well, girl. So maybe it's time. <laughs> <laughs> girl. Go ahead and maybe it's time to move in another direction. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. So now now let's move further and and you're married and you've been married. I don't know if you realize it or not, but I have a co host. Her name is Terry. She's awfully silent right now. She's hey. been married. Hi Jenny. How are hey. you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing, girl? I'm just listening. Okay, it's cool. So, You're gonna shine it a little later. That's cool. Let's let's move on to marriage. She's been married for um twenty eight years. So clearly she has an idea of how to make that work, you know, because you don't just get to 28 years without knowing how to make it work. But on someone who's in a relationship that long, what kind of advice could you actually bring to that kind of relationship? I hate, I hate the word advice. I don't give advice. I've been married, I've been married two years with the same person for 10 years. Nothing like, there is no level of advice I can give to a, 20, a person who's married for 20 years. I can't give coaching, though, and I can't ask questions like, um, what is the most intimate, what do you think is the most intimate version of your marriage, and are you living that authentically? What do you think is the most passionate version of your marriage, the most honest version of your marriage, and are you living that authentically? And if so, how can you take it to the next level? If not, why? Those are those are very different, quite different statements from me trying to give advice, because my mm-hmm. advice comes from my background, and I preach about this all the time, my background, my socioeconomic class, my color, my race, my gender, my everything, my religious affiliations, right? But if I start asking these open-ended questions, like, Terry, you know, what is the most intimate version of your marriage? And are you, do you feel that you are living that authentically? That changes the way that you're thinking about your relationship as opposed to me telling you what the most intimate version of my marriage is. And how I live it authentically every day. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I really appreciate um, that answer because mm-hmm. I think that when you ask those questions, it does force people to really ponder and think. And to be honest, most people don't want to do that hard work. Most people mm-hmm. don't really want a mirror held up in front of their face 
and have to deal with the reality of themselves. Most people, myself included, um, sometimes are very superficial in certain parts of their relationships. And so how how do you suggest somebody go about having the courage to kind of deal with what you said earlier, the fact that everybody else is telling them what they should be doing? How do they do that hard work on themselves? It starts with you. If you, um, and when you ask that question, how do they take the courage to have uh, to do the hard work on themselves, it has to come from within you. Um, it has to be an honest conversation. The person you need to be the most honest with in your life, uh, the most honest with, is yourself. We're more honest with others than we are with ourselves. How many times have we been talking to a girlfriend or a therapist or a religious leader or whomever, and we'll tell them something that we didn't even know was side of us or that we had ignored for so long or that we won't really confront by ourselves in our own private time and space. So many times I see women get together, like Gabrielle Union has a new book, um, We Need More Wine, which I yeah. love the title of that book. But mm-hmm. we get together like in these like groups and we'll start really venting or really talking about those hard conversations when there's wine, when there's someone else. But when you're alone, you really don't really have kind of like those conversations with yourself. Guarantee you start having those conversations with yourself, like what do I need to do so I can show up for myself the way I know I could or possibly should maybe be showing up for myself and move from that judgmental language into actually doing it. At that point, it's coming from you. There's no one, no outside source that's influencing because the the issue with outside sources influencing you is once that source is gone, what is left? Right. So right. you really can't encourage someone. It has to come from within. You have to want it. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. You have to want it. And you have to want it more for yourself than, than anyone else wants it for you. Do you think that, so, um, Danny, social media um, and everybody being an S Everybody has a platform on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Do you think that um, is playing a factor in relationships these days? Absolutely. I don't know if you can hear my eyes rolling into the back of my head. Um, <laughs> I can hear them. I can hear them. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it does It does play a factor. There is so much sensationalism. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to record a video this week. Um that the, and, and I started the conversation. There are so many people telling you what you need to be doing because they're an expert. Um, as, as beautiful as I think being married for someone or getting married is, that is not the only defining component of you telling me on how to find a spouse. I'm sorry. It's, it's great that you have that experience, and sharing that experience is important. But that doesn't quantify you as a coach or someone who can really provide someone a step-by-step process, especially since people come from different places in life. Even myself as a black woman, I can't even tell another black woman what to do because my black woman, I'm black, I'm Haitian, I'm a Haitian, I'm a a millennial. You know, those those are things that are affecting what my marital process was as opposed to someone who may be older or younger than me. Right, I right. hate the fact that social media is a two-edged sword because it does help people find 
you know, those who speak that language and those who really have a really solid message to give, but then also give anyone a platform. And depending yeah. on how good you are and how entertaining you are, your platform may build quicker than someone else's or it may build larger. And you may be helping, mm-hmm. you may be helping, but you also could be hurting. And I don't think people realize how important it is uh, to really take that seriously nowadays. Yeah, sometimes I feel like people just sometimes need to go on a, a social media fast, just like you may fast or meditate for a certain number of days just to clear your mind. I think sometimes, especially the younger people, they get so bombarded with a lot of things from social media, and sometimes they just need a break from that, even if it's for a day or so, just to, like you said, you know, look in the mirror and, and you know, tell their truth and face their truth themselves without all the these images and words coming at them through social media for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it, it's hard to, to figure out what you're supposed to be doing, like you said, when you have all of these avenues saying what the norm is, and then you examine yourself and you're not doing the norm, so now you're feeling less than and you're doing the most trying to get to what the social media says the norm, and then you're still not happy because you're not being true to yourself. So there's Absolutely. a lot that's going on out there. There's a lot that's going on, and, and how to get people to just focus on what's good for you. You know, what's good in Terry's relationship is probably not going to work for me because I'm not Terry. Same thing mm-hmm. for Danny. What's good in your relationship is not going to work for Terry because you're Terry's not Danny. So exactly. I think you kind of need to really get to know yourself is what I'm hearing you saying, Danny. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I remember I had to take a social media break earlier this year. It was a lot of, um, like, gunmen and people being shot down and, like, constant images of um, people of color dying. And I had to disconnect for that. And then um, I, I can be honest and transparent. I have issues with fertility, Right. So there was a period where there were so many women getting pregnant, and that whole, why haven't I gotten pregnant? Why not me? That that comparison of, you know, people who may have gotten married after you or people who may not, you know, who wasn't even expecting to have a child, all of a sudden being right. pregnant, that, that comparison is the thief of joy statement is more true now than it was 20, 30 years ago. Because now it's in your face. And people, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know how many miscarriages they may have had or if they adopted a child or whatever the case is. All they're showing is that they're they're not having children. And so you're comparing yourself to the final chapter, not knowing the entire story. You know, early on, I used to do that. I used to do that for myself because I've been single for so long. I used to look at these other relationships that I see and, 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 you know, do the, Oh, why not me? But mm-hmm. I realized quick enough that just because I see all the pretty stuff doesn't mean all pretty stuff is going on all the time. Come on, so come on. In, in my time, in God's time, it will be that that's really what it is. I'll just continue meeting people and, and working on me. That's how exactly. I do it. And then, and I don't know, I haven't dated in a while, but from what I remember, it's fun meeting people. It's fun going on dates. It's fun having reasons to get dressed up and get cute. It's fun having reasons, excuses to buy a new outfit that you don't have to, you know, kind of justify and go through a whole 
feel as to why you purchased something. Like that part. That, <laughs> come on, Terry, you know what I'm talking about. Terry, let's let's keep it real, girl. Like you have to justify something has it been on sale. Seventy-five percent off with an additional ten dollars off. Like it's always a big to do. Like that part is fun, and I think we made marriage. They've glamorized the wedding, not marriage, but the wedding so much that we forget that dating is fun. Even if you go on a date with someone who you would never date again, just being able to call up your girlfriend and be like, "Girl, let me tell you who I went out with." Like that's yeah. that's something fun to talk about. You know, yeah, I'm having a, I'm having a good time with it. I I am right now. I am having such a good time with it. Yes, and, and I, I, I love to hear. I love to hear Tracy's stories. I live for the stories. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we live to hear those stories. Like, girl, we are going on the first date somewhere. What what happened? Tell me, girl. Tell me. Talk to me. It's, and and some of the things that go on are crazy. They're very crazy. Mm-hmm. But I kind of am glad that I have my head pretty much screwed on, so I don't fall for a lot of the nonsense, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's but it's interesting. It's interesting. And then I get material <laughs> for the show. You know, I get a lot of material for the show. I have a lot of information that I wouldn't ordinarily have if I wasn't dating. So you know, this is all good. So can I ask another question? I hear and see you talk about um, this box that you sell. Yes. Can you tell yes. me about this box? And is this box only for married people, or is it mar- is this box for everybody? No, it's definitely for everyone. It was originally, I'm not going to lie, it was originally created for married people. But mm-hmm. I love single people. They always show up and say, no, we, have, we want our rights, we want our things, and you will create something for us as well. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yes, I love single yes. people. That's how, that's how, because I had the spiked brunch for, for couples only. And then single people said, no, we matter, okay? We want our nice things. We like lobster mac and cheese as well. Create a spiked brunch. I called you people. on that spike punch, too. I remember making a phone call and calling you, and you were like, uh, no, it's couples. And I kind of felt some kind of way about that. <laughs> well, we have a single one coming up for Valentine's Day weekend next year. So don't worry. We're going to have okay. a single spike right. brunch for you guys because I heard so much this year. I didn't do one this year, but I did one last year. And so I'm going to do one next year as well. But back to the We Love Box, it's basically yes, self-care and, um, and couples care for anyone. So we do have the couples box, which comes with couples cards and a massage oil candle, body butter, sugar scrub, all natural soap. All of the products are all natural. No dye, sulfate, parabens, no chemicals to increase shelf life. If you have anything from eczema to sensitive skin, you can use it. They're all um, fragranced with essential oil blends, lightly fragranced. Um, anything from Be Seduced to Be Calm, they're all themed boxes. Um, for the single people, we also have a self-care kit. that It's not even just for single people. It's for anyone. So if you want to send your girlfriend the gift of self-care, you can do that as well. And it, it, it's more fun because you get four products instead of, just um, just the large, you get four mini sizes. You get the all-natural soap. You get the self-care card, um, written card from me to you. Uh, you get uh, body butters and sugar scrubs and massage oil candles. And you can access the Beloved Box playlist to play the music that we curated just for the box. Um, and you can really use it as an opportunity to really make your day like a self-care day for yourself. Just Turn your bathroom into a sanctuary. Turn your bedroom into your quiet space and really just do something nice for you that not only is 
feels good, but is good for you as well. So where do we get these? These What is it called? The Beloved Box? Yes, Beloved Box. You can go to belovedbox.co. That's beloved, B-E-L-O-V-E-D, box, B-O-X, dot C-O. Um, and the website, you can get anything from a self-care kit that comes with my 21-day workbook. It's time, 21 days to the best relationship with yourself, which is basically a self-coaching workbook. We go through everything from trusting yourself to how to build affirmations. Um, and I ask you questions and you answer them honestly. That way some people okay. have issues, even, even if it's a coach or a therapist or a counselor, they have issues saying some things out loud, but they need to right. get out. Um, so you can get the workbook. You get the all-natural kit. It's themed. It comes with two body butters, two sugar scrubs, a soap, a candle, um, a bath tea, a note card for me, all of that stuff in one single box. And you pretty much just open it, and it's something for you to just really feel the love and do something for yourself. And that's what I did for everyone across the board. Because believe it or not, even men wanted some self-care kits. Like, I I'm have sure. actually more men, male customers than female. Like, order customers, more men want to purchase something just for themselves, to do something nice for them, to smell nice when they get out the shower with something that feels really good on their skin and do something that tells themselves, I love you, like, in a physical way, outside of, like, you know, just saying it to themselves, like actually having a physical representation of that. Um, that's not, I love I love the concept. I love the idea. So I'm going to look into um, getting myself yes. and maybe my girlfriends and be love box. Now I have another question yes. about your book, okay? Um, it's, it's time, 21 days to the best relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Is, is that all it takes? 21 days, or is that just the beginning steps for 21 days? You know, I'm a mess. Let's just say I'm a hot mess, and I'm crawling <laughs> off the street, and, you know, I decided that I know I'm a hot mess, and I want to fix yes. myself. Am yes. I going to be able to get myself together in 21 days if I work on this? It's definitely, if you work on it and you show up for yourself, it's definitely a great start. And the beauty of the book is that you don't just use it for 21 days. We did 21 days with 18 days to create a habit, right? And then right, three right. more days to kind of cement it in your life. If you show mm-hmm. for yourself in 20 more, 21 days, you will see a shift. And I'll definitely post some reviews um, on my Facebook page so that everyone can see and you can share it. You'll definitely see a shift. But this book isn't for you to use it one time and walk away. This is the kind of book that you want to use every year on your birthday or every six months to really analyze yourself and make sure that you're doing what you need to do for you more than anything. And when you have conversations like where do where do I need to forgive myself? When was a time in my life that I didn't do my best, right? That's not a question mm-hmm. that you ask yourself one and done. That's something that you ask yourself and you keep asking yourself until you're like, you know what? I am the best version that I can be and I am damn proud of who I am right now. Here's a piece okay. of I'm just passionate right now. <laughs> So uh, the reason. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm I'm no, no. box. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. The reason why I did it as workbook style is because I don't. Again, I don't believe in the word advice. I don't believe that I have all the answers for you, but I know that you have all the answers for you if you dig deep enough and you create a space for yourself and you honor yourself. So not only do I want to talk to you because I actually have like little little sections, like little blurbs 
about each topic, but I also want you right. to get in the habit of meditating and really thinking about the questions and the answers. Okay. All right. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I want to go back to marriage just for a minute because I have some questions, you know. Do you, do you think, you know, if you failed at marriage once that you're kind of broken for marriage? Do you think that? No. I don't think anyone ever fails at marriage. Everyone thinks divorce is failing at marriage. You fail at marriage. No, let me, let me change that. You fail at marriage if you don't learn anything about yourself. But if you learn, if it was a lesson, then it's not a failure. Success, you just know that this person isn't the person that you're going to be with. But I don't think that if you if one relationship ends that that's it you can never start again. That's like saying if you buy a car and the car doesn't work out for you long term that you never drive again. You get back up and you go to another dealership and you find a car. But now when you go car shopping again, now you know what to look for. You know what you need and what versus what you want. You know what you right. can handle and what you can't. So I don't think that just because someone goes through a divorce, they're done with marriage um, at all, at all. I think you should take that as an opportunity. You're only done or a failure if you don't learn anything about yourself and if you don't learn anything about what you need to know about you in a relationship. All right. And yeah, how I important. agree with that. Go ahead. Go ahead I, was sorry, say, I definitely agree with that. I think, um, you know, ideally you want to marry one person and one marry one time only, but. I definitely think that um, you should learn from every challenge in your life and, yeah, definitely go for it again. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Interesting. So now, staying on the lines of marriage, how, this is a little risque, but I'm going to say it, how important is your sex life in the sustaining of your marriage? Do you think, you know, because you hear, I listen to people talk, you know, and I listen to some men, and sometimes it's just about sex. But for women, it's not. I think that helps mm-hmm. the intimacy in mm-hmm. the relationship. You know, do, do, is that something that you would coach on? Do, do you talk about that? All the time. I created a massage oil candle, and we have a beast of beast box because sex is definitely top five in a marriage right up there with communication and, you know, being open, honest with money and stuff like that. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's important because it it does help with the emotional intimacy in your marriage. It does help you feel more connected. It helps you be less stressed and less, you know, um, anxious with each other. Like, there are tons of benefits of having a healthy sex life with your partner. And it's not just the physical act of intercourse. It's everything that comes with it. So it's it's the flirting. It's the sexually, you know, I I was implementing at one point sexual harassment Mondays where I want you to sexually harass your spouse. I want you to make them blush. I want you to go in the kitchen and, um, you know, kind of press your stuff against their body and ask them a question like, baby, where's the bleach? Like completely inappropriate, <laughs> you know. Right, <laughs> right. But but you see how you see how that feels. You see how that like level of relaxation kind of came over you, and it was kind of fun, and it was it was funny. Like that helps your relationship so that you don't get so serious all the time because you only get one shot at life, and to spend most of your years with the person that you can't laugh with and be cool with, that's miserable. I don't care what you say. 
it's miserable, right? Right. So right. yes, I think sex is, is super cool. I don't think you should ever let go of sex, regardless of how long you have been together. I think sex does change in a relationship over time, and what may have been something that you was the expectation in the beginning may may evolve over time, and it can become more intimacy. But that spark, that flame. Um, should should never go out. It should always be there. And it, it and I tell people, don't stop until your partner's like, dang, I'm going to report you to somebody like this is out of control. <laughs> and that's when you're like, you. that's right, because you're mine, and you're not going anywhere, and I love you. And that's how you keep that, that closest and remind your partner that I want you, even when you forgot to get the milk or forgot to pick up the trash or you're getting on my last nerve. I still want you. That's good. That's good stuff. I like that. Press the body against the person, mm-hmm. your spouse, and ask them something that has nothing to do with all the pressing. You know, At that all. that <laughs> just lightens the load. It does everything. You know, that's that's cute. That's cute. That's mm-hmm. very cute. I could see that working. And now, next thing you know, the bleach is gone, and y'all are just having a grand old time. Exactly. So, who, who cares about the bleach? How do you coach? single people with sex, and I'm sure that has a lot of preferences to do on what your beliefs are, but Mm -hmm. um, how do you coach that? You know, because some women and some men just have to have it, so they think. Mm -hmm. So how do you coach Mm -hmm. that? Well, again, I don't don't impose what I believe on anyone, right? But Mm -hmm. it does sometimes influence um, the clients that I do take on and I don't take on, right? So if I'm talking to a single person, I ask first, what are your goals and what are your intentions? We're gonna we're not going to base what we do on where we are now. And that's just in life across the board. Your mm-hmm. actions should always be predicated on what it is that you want, not what it is that you are right now. And I know that's not proper English, but that's the best way I can phrase it. It's okay. It. It's okay. We got so, it. <laughs> so if if you're looking if you're looking to, um, to you know, have this relationship in the future or marriage in the future where, you know, you want to be able to say that, you know, I was, you know, sexually exclusive to you and only you and so, so on and so forth. Your actions have to reflect that. If your actions aren't reflective of that, then that's not the story that you're going to have. And is that what you really want? And if it is what you really want, then you have to back up what it is that you say that you want with your actions. That's point blank, period. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the way that I approach the conversation because now it's going to be, it's not me influencing you, it's you influencing yourself because now you know that whatever it is that you do, your actions are really creating what it is that you want. And so if you want to, you know, go one one avenue, just understand that if that, your actions aren't backing up what it is that you say that you want, then you know that that's not what you want. Or you're not really disciplining yourself to follow what, it, you know, the, the narrative that you want to create for yourself. Right. So there's a lot of talk that goes around with um, – other kind of relationships, you know, transgender and, and homosexuality mm-hmm. and all of that. Do you coach on those levels as well? I coach anyone who wants to coach with me uh, because, again, okay. I don't I don't 
predicate my coaching on my own belief. That, that's where it makes it real coaching. Um, I have very few limitations on what I won't touch, and those things are like pedophilia or bestiality. Those are things that okay. bestiality is one that I get approached about quite a, more often than I'd like to admit. I don't know what's going on. And quite honestly, I think someone from, from uh, PETA needs to be checking in on these animals. But that's the one that's like, um, that's like um, no, that's not my. But in terms of, you know, sexual orientation, I don't really impose what, whatever whatever on my client. That's not my job. My job is to show up for my client, and that's it, and make sure that my clients are clear on what they want, they're held accountable, and they're following a plan that works for them. Okay. If, I know you don't like advice. I know that word just, you know, I learned that tonight, that that word is not what you do. But um, if you had to give, you know, a 19-year-old who is just starting to see the world and starting to see life and figuring out what's mm-hmm. what, what would be the things that you would say to this 19-year-old female and a 19-year-old oh. male? What what are some of the things that you would say to the young? I would say to the girl. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give advice to myself at the age of nineteen. Wait, 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 before you go on, we're giving advice based on how they're gonna pursue um, relationships for their uh life. That's that's the advice I'm kind of looking for. Okay. Not advice, words of wisdom, perhaps. Words of wisdom. Um, words of wisdom, young grasshopper, is two things. Yes. <laughs> How? Okay. So the first question I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, always ask yourself these two questions, and I need you to ask them honestly. How do you feel about yourself? And how do you feel about yourself when you're with them? Is there's a big change between those answers? Like you feel about good about yourself when you're alone, but when you're with them, you don't feel good, or you don't feel good about yourself when you're alone, and when you're with them, you feel good about yourself. You don't need to be with them. You are. You need to be with a person when you feel good about yourself, whether you're with them or without them, and that's across the board. That's kind of hard to understand. Let me let me tell you why I feel like that's kind of hard to understand. Because okay. if you're at a rocky space, you know, you may not feel so good today, but mm-hmm. you know, the next couple of days you're feeling okay. So so how do you how do you balance that, you know? Well, the the incentive is honestly at 19 years old, I don't think you should be dating seriously anyone. That's 19 is a time for explore. 19 and 20s um, is a time for exploration and really kind of learning yourself on your own terms. 19, you're probably still at your parents' house. You're probably in college. There's still someone telling you what to do. You know, you have more freedom, but within certain parameters for the next four or five years, right? So my whole thing would, would really be not to date, seriously. I mean, go out, have fun, meet people, but really spend more time learning about you and really seeing who you are 
when you're dating and who you are when you're by yourself and how you're showing up for yourself and try to figure that stuff out first and foremost consistently before you start including someone else's secret because if one day you're good and one day you're bad or two days you're bad, I mean, we were all 19 years, years old before, so we know how it is, then how can you realistically bring someone else into that picture? Right. Okay. All right. So um, what's the worst thing that you see us women doing, us single women doing out here that totally is against what um, – what we say we want, I'm, I'm speaking general, you know, because I, I hear women say that they want to find that relationship, they want to find that guy and settle down and get married and fall in love and all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. what do you see in the actions of women that totally um, prevent that from happening? Um, definitely the comparison. That's number one. Um, that's one thing, comparing themselves to other women uh, or other relationships that they, that they don't see the entire um, dichotomy of they're only seeing a fraction online. Um, listening to someone else telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing, someone that doesn't know you, doesn't know anything about your life or why you make the decisions that you make, and, and using that as the the north star of all of your relationship decisions, and then mm-hmm. using the word should or have to way too much way too much. I should be dating this guy or I should be married by now or I should be doing this or I should be doing more and or I have to be doing this. No. You're using that word way too much. It's you should use the word should or have to like you sprinkle hot sauce on your food. Sparingly. A drop here or there. But if you're doing it all the time, then you're living a life of, of judgment and that's that's not fair for you. And it's not fair for all the other people that you haven't met. That's the way to show up. I love that advice. I really think if people could just be more truthful and live their own true, authentic life, we'd Mm -hmm. all be a lot better off. It's just, it's hard work. Um, People just are uh, afraid to face that truth, afraid to accept reality, you know. You're watching all these shows and you're looking at these women and they all have beautiful bodies and they all seem to be getting these good-looking men, and you're comparing, as you said, yourself, your life. Uh, You know Mm -hmm. you don't look as good. You know you're not um, in, even in a position to even get into that type of relationship. And so you Uh you don't want to even face the reality. But I think you you really do need to do that hard work, and a lot of us just won't or can't do it. Mhm. And in, and to remember that a lot of the women that you're seeing online, a lot of the women that you're seeing on these shows don't even live the life that they portray. Like No, I realize they don't that. Live that life. And so you're comparing yourself to literally a life that doesn't exist. And I don't think a lot of people know that or realize that. You're comparing right. yourself to a woman that doesn't exist and a reality that doesn't Exactly. I, I realize that this, that what they're doing is acting, that that's an act. Yep. When they take off all that makeup and they take off the clothes that the designers have sent in for them and they go back to their normal homes, they have mm-hmm. the same issues, the same problems that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, I think women on on a whole, we're just way too hard on ourselves. 
Yeah. You know, I, I really do believe that. We stand in the mirror, and we could be the most beautiful woman in the world, but the one thing you'll find when you look in the mirror is the flaw. You won't find all the beauty. You'll find the flaw, and we need to stop. We need to give ourselves a little bit more credit. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm it's so crazy. happy to things like Black Girls Rock and spaces where we as women, you know, really celebrate each other. We celebrate ourselves because it's like almost yeah. a crime. For if a guy says, you know, hey, beautiful, for you to say, oh, I know, hello. Like, that, that's right. unheard of, right? But right. what if you do right. know you're beautiful? What if you know you're a bad girl? Like, why not Why not stand in that truth? I don't, I don't get it, but that's, yeah. Yeah, we got we got a ways to go. Danny, this has been very enlightening. I so appreciate you coming and talking to us and Thank and giving you. us your um professional coaching coaching, not advice, <laughs> coaching. It's nice. It's nice Thank to hear you. conversations like this. Um Absolutely. just tell everybody how they can get to you if they want to coach, what do they need to do to get you to coach them personally? So break it down how we can get in touch with you, Danny. So please be sure to follow me on Instagram at lovecoachdanny, D-A-N-I, Spikes, S-P-I-K-E-S, that's love, L-O-V-E-C-O-A-C-H-D-A-N, as in Nancy, I-S-P-I-K-E-S. You can also go to my website and schedule one-on-one time with me. The first 15 minutes is free for us to get to know each other. Um, It's www.im. D-A-M is in Nancy, I-Spikes.com, I am DannySpikes.com, and you can go on there, schedule one-on-one time with me, get a copy of the 21-day workbook, or even get connected to the Beloved Box, uh, which is once again B-E-L-O-V-E-D, box.co. And if you use the, the code, the promo code, love, L-O-V-E, you take 10% off of your first order. Nice, nice. And Once what again, city are you Danny. located in, Danny? I am located, well, I'm everywhere. I travel a lot. But I'm in South Florida right now. But I meet with clients all over um, online or face-to-face when I'm in your city. So I'll be in Atlanta next week from the 26th to the 1st. Um, I'll be meeting with clients and also doing side sessions as well then. Sounds good. I really um, like your approach, and um, I think women need to uh, get to your website. I think they can learn a lot. Yeah, I'm going to post it. I'm going to definitely post your website and kind of get a link on my page so people can find you because there's work to be done, and I think women is, is where it begins. You know, I think if women know their true self, the, the dynamics between the relationships between men and women will change. You know, men are going to follow our lead. I believe that wholeheartedly. I do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I love talking to both of you. Maybe next time me and Terry could talk a little bit more. <laughs> talk a little bit more. But I had so you, much fun. You, you know what, Danny? I would like to have you back so that you can do exclusive because my other co-host is, is Leslie Lee. She's not with us today. She's working on a paper. She's working on a master's, which is fantastic. Yes. But the two of them have been married for um, Leslie 30 years and Terry 28 years. So I would really like to have one show that is exclusively for the two of them to talk about marriages. So we'll work something out with our schedule and we'll have you back, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. You have a wonderful, uh, wonderful Sunday. All right. Have a good night. 
This is Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines. Tonight I had with me Terry Saleh and Danny Spikes. Hope to see you next week. Have a good night. Good night.